Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. Welcome to today's show of Appetite for Life with me, Karen Kelly, and my co-host today is Helen Gregory. Lovely to be here. You know, I love having you on the show because I know it's going to be great fun and lots of activity. Um, so what have you been up to, Helen? So we did our last show. I can't even remember. I know we did our Christmas show, but didn't we do another one? I think we have. We did another one in January, January I think. We yeah. try to do it every month, aren't we, if we can? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you yeah. been up to since I last spoke to you? It's been a while. It's been, it's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> it was your symptoms. <laughs> oh, bless. I'll bring you if you like. <laughs> Um, I've been working on my business beyond the cheat. That's been my prime focus, really. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe last time I talked about uh, uh, my new course, I was starting to write a new course. Yeah. And that's in full flow at the moment. So that's Stop Sobbing, Start Living, uh, which is really exciting. And I'm hoping to launch that at the beginning of March. How exciting, how exciting. So today we're going to talk about a whole load of different subjects. And uh, what caught my eye was, apparently, people have over 6,000 thoughts in a day. That's a lot 6, of thoughts, 000. isn't it? 6,000 really? thoughts. But there again, you can think, especially women, I can imagine women having those thoughts. Oh, um, that's controversial, isn't it? I know, but I did some research on this, and it's quite funny, really. So if you think about it, first of all, if I wake up in the night, yeah, I've got a million thoughts going in my brain. It could be... Um, you know, what can I do for tea? Did I turn my straighteners off? Blah, you know, all these things. Did they put <laughs> yes. the car in for his MOT? Yeah. All these stupid things that every second you've got this different thought. So you can actually quite believe it, can't you? So can you think of anything that, can you relate to that, that your mind's ticking over and you've got millions of thoughts going on every five minutes or every second, according yeah, to Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, what I have done to try and quieten that, because I think when I started this business, it was so difficult to try and fit everything in and I needed a system. So I've actually been quite proactive in changing the way that I think. So I'm really organised. And anybody who knows me will be listening to this and go, what? But I genuinely (laughs) am. I genuinely am. So I start my day with some, wait for it, meditation. Yes. And mantras, don't you as well? You have great mantras. I do indeed, I do. So that's part of it. So meditation and then my mantras. And then I set some intentions. And this is really new. This is in the last week or so, really. So set intentions for what I'm going to do for the day. So that's about thinking positively about what you want to achieve. So you've got an end goal. And then, and I know you've had Laura Coote on on your show, haven't you? Lovely Laura and I are on this this program together, this uh, training course with Lisa Johnson. Um, so that's how I know Laura. And Laura mentioned time blocking. Well, that's something I've done for a while. Uh, and it's such a useful way of planning your day because it means you have an end time to things that you do. So you're not just doing a to-do list and thinking, okay, well, I'll I'll write this course this morning, maybe, or maybe I'll do that this afternoon. There's none of that doubt. You plan your day. So you've got write the course between 10 and 1 but so the time blocking is really really useful because then it gives you a deadline so I know that I've got to get as much possible done on writing this course before one o'clock and that gives you such a focus instead of just kind of going oh I'll drift around and yeah I might do a bit of that oh I'll have a look at Facebook it 
I switch Facebook off, I switch emails off. So that's quite a useful thing that I found to to stop, stop some of those thoughts. Well, I tell you what's quite funny. So I try to research the difference between what women are thinking about and what men are thinking about. Okay. And all I could find on men was how many times they think about sex. I knew. I knew you, you were knew I was going to say that. <laughs> I did. You know, I was on a on a chat room in uh, Facebook or a group, Facebook group. Um, one of the ones that I follow, and it's for people who've been cheated on. Strangely enough, so I subscribed to a couple of those. And there was somebody there complaining this week about how every single man on a dating site just wants to talk about sex. Yeah. And funny, ain't that the it? truth? It's so funny. And it is true. I just think they're naturally drawn to it. They can't help it. But when I was looking at what women think about, and it is things like, you know, work, stress, anxiety, home life, what things all they've got to do. Like you say, they're not really doing a to-do list. It's just, just naturally we are thinkers. But men are thinking what type of women they like or yeah sex 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 i mean i'm not speaking for every every chap of course i'm not and there'd be many that screaming out there that isn't true of course they're going to be thinking about work but it's just quite funny to when i did the research that every single channel was saying men think about sex how many times men think about women how many times men think about sex that's quite interesting isn't it really? isn't it isn't it how often do we think about sex well, is I'm thinking a, about that when I'm having sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about the list of things I've got to do. Yeah, so, oh gosh, yeah. It's time to relax and think about what I've got to do. At I least, hope your husband's not hey, Helen, to Helen, at least for a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm only joking out there. You know I'm only joking. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> okay, so moving on, moving on. So what's been in the news this week is Meg and Harry are expecting their second child. So I'm very pleased for them. Congratulations to them. But they're also going to be appearing on the Oprah Winfrey show. I think it's 7th of March, a couple of weeks away. Or is it this Sunday? I can't remember, actually. I think it's next oh, month, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sun Sunday the 7th of March it is. And they're going to be obviously having an interview in a kind of tell-all show. So what do you think about that? Can I say that I couldn't care less? Is that, is that an inappropriate response? Well, you can't because then we'll have nothing to talk about. I know, I know. I'm sorry, but I, it, I'm honestly not bothered. I no, think they're I rebels. I think they're difficult people, but let them do what they want. I, do you know, if they want to go and do a tell-all show with Oprah, go and do it. Yeah. I don't care. I really don't. You know, focus on the ones that do bring some kind of... Um, I was going to say credit, maybe what's the right word, some income and some prosperity to the country. I'm not, I, I don't mind the Royals. I'm not a massive fan. I don't follow everything that they do. Um, but I do kind of think that Harry and Meghan have made their own bed. So go and lie in it. Go if you want to go and live in America. People, a lot of people are saying things like, um, how can they kind of do the interview during this time now when people are, you know, create, you know, sorry, surrounded by the pandemic and death mm -hmm. and, you know, tragedy, and then they think, oh, well, just going to talk about our gorgeous, lovely, colourful, wealthy lives kind of things. And is it the right time to be doing it? Um, again, it does, bothered, does it really you? matter? <laughs> well, I think, 
not particularly about them, but if you put that in the context of somebody else, if it wasn't somebody so controversial, are we going to say that we don't want Graham Norton to interview anybody because yeah, exactly. you know we don't want to see yeah. that yeah. celebrity lifestyle has hello gone out of business because nobody's been interviewed and having the photographs taken? It's, yeah. That's just rubbish, isn't it? They're just picking yeah. on them, I think. Yeah, and it's supposed to be their first interview since they left the royal family, and they're going to be talking about life when they were in it, how nobody asked Meghan how she was. But if you remember, Princess Diana did a similar interview, didn't she? Even though she wasn't, I suppose she wasn't blood, blood related as such. Uh, so she became a royal by marriage. But this is blood. This is Harry, isn't it? It is. That's right. And I think um, Diana was in a slightly different position because by then she had split up with Charles and it backfired, I think, quite a bit, didn't it, for her? Yeah, it did, or certainly maybe more so nowadays. I think there's a lot of people saying that she shouldn't have done that. You know, when they when you look back nowadays, rather than perhaps at the time, um, I was quite interested in all that back in the day because it, it was a scandal, wasn't it? Do you know, I, I was really interested in it, in it, more as I've grown up as such. At the time, I don't think I paid much interest to it. But when it's been on, uh, it's been on the last six months, hasn't it? And I've watched it again. I've watched it, obviously, prior to that, but I did watch some of it again. So I think of it as a mum, and I'm not sure if she would have done it if she realise the effects it might have had on her children, on William and Harry now, because it must be really difficult for them listening to what happened between the marriage as, as adults. That's so true. painful for them to go through. So true. Yeah. 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 And also, I think, you know, as, as children, they were so vulnerable because they, they, although they have a cosseted life, they're also very exposed. Yes. So everything yes. they do and everything they practically say, and other parents as well, it's up for public debate and it's a bit like Meghan and Harry now you know they yeah. can't say anything without it being scrutinized and I would hate to live like that I don't know about you no it'd be awful absolutely awful it's like people who do these reality shows and they want the fame I don't think they're really prepared for it are they they're just thinking of money you know yeah I'm going to be famous but what comes with that is quite harrowing isn't it really yeah yes that's it unless it's bake-off of course, not that I watch Bake Off because I'm the best baker in the country. What? Hello, my banana cake and chocolate heard. cake and coconut oh. cake. You mentioned your chocolate cake last time. That's when it was. It was Chocolate Cake Day, National Chocolate oh, Cake Day. Last time we did a show. Yes, 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 yes. It was. Yes, it was. But, so let's put them to bed then. But I mean, I do like Harry. Don't get me wrong. I really do like Prince Harry, and he'll always be a prince in my eyes, regardless. <laughs> you do have a little bit of a, a woman crush, a mum crush on him, don't you? <laughs> well, I see. I think I've mentioned this on previous shows that he fits the criteria. Like my husband, he's got that kind of ginga, strawberry blonde look about him, and I like that. You know, Boris Becker, that kind really? of look. Yes, I know. It's very sad. If you see my husband, you know exactly where I'm coming from. <laughs> Hi, Dave. <laughs> oh. So, um, something else I heard in the news as well. This is today, actually. This is really interesting. Is that the European Space Agency are recruiting for astronauts? I don't know if you're interested. Should we, should we go through what, the, what their recruitment criteria is? Are you thinking? Am I interested in it per se, or interested in applying? Be an astronaut. In fact, you know, nah. you're too old. I'm sorry. Oh, man. come on. Yeah, you're too old. You're too old. So. You need a master's in a STEM subject, which is science, technology, <laughs> engineering, or maths. Yeah, so you've got to be a no chance with your intelligence, haven't you? Let's face it; that completely wipes me out totally. Um, Agreed. 
a, pro, a postgraduate with three years experience in that field, which is going to take them to kind of late 20s before they can start applying. Um, and the training's about, I think there was one section which is one and a half years and another section about three years. That's nearly five years of your life, isn't it, training? Wow, just to train? Just to train. Maybe four years. I know I definitely said one and a half years for one section because they live underwater for 12 days. They have to live in like an isolated environment wow. so they get used to being, you know, alone at certain times and in a confined space. I couldn't do it. I no, no, I'd hate <laughs> I it. Last, I wouldn't last two seconds. No, it's the ultimate lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Well, yeah. Well, we'll use, maybe now we could because we're getting used to maybe. it. But Tim Peake was, um, was being interviewed this morning and what he did say was really interesting. Um, you might know this already, but when he was in space... He gained one and a half inches in height. Good grief, how come? And he said it's a true story. And this is really interesting because there's no gravity in space. And it's the gravity that compresses your spine. My goodness. When you think about it, that's really bad. So we all should be a couple of inches taller, surely. Yeah, yeah. I could use a couple of inches. I'd be nearly six (laughs) foot tall. (laughs) I'd be about the right height. (laughs) Perfect for you then. Need to get you up there. Well, why don't you just start doing your masters, and maybe you can apply in about yeah, five yeah, years' time. Yeah, right. Let's, let's move on. By the time you qualified, <laughs> I'll recommend it to Sebby's the physician in this house. Ah, oh. okay. Let's have some fun then. What What have you been watching on Netflix? Now I know you're a workaholic, but have you had chance to kind of tune out with a bottle of wine and uh, watch some TV? What have you been watching? Do you know what I have? I've watched a couple of really good things. Um, my friend Kate got me into um, this is actually on Channel Four, I think, and it's called It's a Sin. Oh, have you brilliant. picked up on that? Yes, Isn't it good? That. Yeah, it was really, really good. Really good. About AIDS yeah. and HIV, and it was really heartbreaking, actually, wasn't it? To think about. Don't tell me because I've only watched the first two. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and the lead in it is the lead singer from Years and Years, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. That's right. When I first watched it, I thought I recognised him from somewhere, and I couldn't put my finger on it. But uh, no, it is brilliant. So stay with that. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, it is, anything, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else? The other thing that I've got into now, this is not my usual cup of tea at all, but Seb's got me into it, my boy. Um, and it's called, um, <laughs> it's called New Girl. I couldn't remember then. It's called New Girl. And it's, oh, Ameri- it's a bit, it's a bit friendsish. And I would never really watch uh, Friends. It's got Zoe Deschanel in it. I don't know. Um, don't know she's, you don't? Nor me. <laughs> I thought no, you might. I, I don't know who she is. I probably would know her face, surely. Well, I recognise the spelling of her name because Zoe is spelled Z double O E Y, which Ooh. is a bit weird. So yeah, Zoe. so Zoe Deschanel. But it's about her. She's she plays a, um, the the role of Jess, who's a teacher, and she's recently been dumped. She's thirty something. She moves into an apartment with three guys that she's met on Craigslist, and the three guys are, and again, you might not know these. I didn't, but Max Greenfield, who plays Schmidt. Jake Johnson, who plays Nick, and Lamorne Morris, who plays Winston. Mm. And it's just, it is so funny. There is oh, so okay. many, it's silly humour, you know, it's almost yeah. a bit English humour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've only watched a couple of episodes and I'm midway through. Uh, but, yeah, that is very, very funny. Well, you must have heard about Bridgerton. I have, and I watched one and couldn't get into it. Yes, well... I, I hate watching sex on TV. I think when I watch sex on TV, I feel like I have to do what they're doing on TV. I feel like I have to perform like they're performing and it makes me feel a bit inferior, so I can't watch 
Do you mean they're clearly not thinking about their shopping list? <laughs> clearly not thinking about anything else apart from what they're doing. The task in the task in front of them. So, <laughs> you were um, going to say hand, weren't you? Yeah, I was going to say hand. So I can't believe how many naked bodies there are and what they're up to. And I, I cringe. And if anybody was to walk in and watch me watching it, they're going to think I'm a pervert. This is too, <laughs> too sexy for me. It's too sexy for me. And apparently it's, it's all the rage though, isn't it? Loads of people are watching it. And it's, it's a period drama. I'm sure everybody knows what it is. All the listeners know what it is. All five of them. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, it's a period drama. But I do think it's got a bit of a twist, hasn't it? They've got some kind of modern, bit of modern uh, this music thrown in every now and then, I believe. I don't know. I watched, like I said, I watched the first one and I just couldn't get into it. Maybe I wasn't in the right space at the time, but... It just and, and the thought of watching all of them, I just thought, nah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll stop now. I'll quit while I'm ahead. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. something. Kind of get the gist of it. So um, this is quite high up on the list for Van, um, Netflix. The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Oh, now, I think this is a true story. It's about the tragic death of a Canadian student who I think went missing. I'm not sure she drowned, but it, I don't want to ruin it in case people haven't watched it yet. But um, it's certainly what people are talking about. But I've not even heard of it, so it's no, the, I've uh, not vanishing uh, at the Cecil Hotel. I need to watch that. I love things like that. Um, tell you what my um, uh, guilty pleasure is. If no one's around and I've got half an hour, I will tune into Virgin River. Oh, okay. What's it's that? Really, it's really sad and it's really just mellow. And but it's just easy watching. You haven't got to think about anything. And it's about a nurse that moves to suburbia in Canada somewhere, and uh, she has a tragedy in her life. And she meets this new chap who runs a local bar, and it's if they're going to get together or not. So it's quite, you know, it's a bit of a love story ish. Mm -hmm. Um, and all things go wrong and start, you know, stopping them from moving ahead with their relationship. But it's yeah. just easy watching. It's easy watching. Yeah, um, I like those I things. That are... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, 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 no, you're right. It's just nice to watch something that you haven't got to have much brain yeah. power. Yeah, you know, no, that's it. Yeah. And um, I've got to say this one because me and my husband watched it last year. We can't wait for the next series to come out. Ozark. Another one I've not watched. What's that all about? This is absolutely brilliant. It has, oh my goodness, I've forgotten his first name. Bateman, what's his first name? That's terrible, isn't it, on a live podcast? Well, it's not live. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but basically he gets involved with massive, big drug barons and moves up the ladder and becomes quite a big part of the circle himself. And it's it's really, really good. And then his wife gets involved. It's it's brilliant. I don't want to give too much away. Um, I can't think of his first name. It's gone out of my head. I didn't write it down. But it is brilliant. A bit of a thriller type one, is it? Well, it's not a thriller. But, but it's but intriguing about how the drug lords rule and how what happens and where the money goes and the money laundering and yeah it's just a really good story and every episode keeps you completely gripped you just can't wait to watch the next one so i love those i would definitely recommend jason bateman there we go jason bateman is brilliant yeah you've looked it up look at you it's clever on your google on your phone <laughs> yeah so that's definitely one to watch is ozark so how about films because obviously we're in lockdown. There's nothing else to do, is there, but eat, drink and watch TV. <laughs> Have you watched any films lately? 
I have. I've watched, do you know what? I've actually gone back to my youth, if you like, and I've watched a couple of Monty Pythons in the last couple of weeks. Oh, really? So I watched, um, yeah. And you know, I remembered liking The Meaning of Life better than The Life of Brian, but actually way better The Life of Brian. I was in stitches. And then, and the kids, I was trying to get Seb to watch it and it, he just wasn't interested in watching it. No. And I kept going around, you know, saying lines from the, from the, not that I can ever remember lines for more than, you know, two minutes after the show's finished, but I had a couple of those moments where I remembered some lines and, and said them out loud. And he's just looking at me as if I'm completely gone out. I said, you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, they're not interested, are they? Not really. Nah, no, but, culture. Um, I really like true stories. I like to watch films that, wow, it's a true story. I get really intrigued by it. And one film that we came across, it was like a documentary, really. And it was called the Eduardo Garcia story. Okay. Um, and he was from Montana and he got electrocuted and he had severe injuries, absolutely horrific injuries, but he survived. So he was obviously one of these daredevils, you know, he was going hiking in the hills and everything. He did all, did all sorts of things. And... Um, he saw this barrel. It was really, really cold. It was a winter, really thick with snow. And he saw this barrel. And as he walked past, he noticed there was a massive, great big grizzly bear in there. It was dead. And he, he got his knife out and to poke it. And when he poked it, there was, I think it was 24,000 volts <gasps> of electricity went through him. And the injuries were horrific. Oh, my so goodness. He lost his arm. He lost, lost, lost loads of muscle um from his torso uh his legs everything it took him several years to recover Good but when grief. they went back and and one you know they were thinking how is how has he mm. got an electric shock from this bear so apparently this barrel was connected to kind of a, a really old sort of um not a power station as such but some sort of power point with a generator that was still alive so the bear obviously had cl climbed into the barrel, got electrocuted, was still alive. The power was still running oh. through him. So when he touched him, just poked him slightly with this metal knife, it threw him back to kingdom come. But it's a brilliant story. It shows him in hospital, the injuries, how he recovered. It really is interesting. You know, it really I love things like that. Yeah, me too. And yeah, real life stuff. I must like the cold weather. We've had lots of cold <laughs> weather, haven't we? So to be fair, it's kind of, you know, lent me towards these. But Six Below, that's another Ooh. really great story. A true story again about hockey legend Eric Remark, who he got lost on a ski resort. He was a fantastic snowboarder as well. And he got lost on a ski resort for about eight days. And he, he lost the use of his legs. But he managed to climb to the top of a mountain, dragged himself up literally, uh, and uh, the helicopter found him and he, he, he carried on his life and did lots of lectures and things like that. But another really great story. Yeah, oh, sounds stories. horrendous. Can't you tell I'm really getting into this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do. I love two stories. I watched um, The Dig. Have you seen that? No. That was, that? I think that was trailed on Netflix. Well, that was um, a true story, actually. It's based on a true story. And it's about, um, it's, I think it's based in the 30s, just before the First World, uh, sorry, Second World War. Yeah. Um, and there's a lady called Edith Pretty, who's a landowner. Her husband was died, I think, I think he was killed in the First World War. And he, she hires an amateur archaeologist, Basil Brown. And Basil Brown is played by, 
I always get his um, name wrong. I'm going to Google it, I aren't you? I no, 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 <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. Oh, I love Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, I love him. So, yeah. Oh, it's such... It's just very gentle. It's very kind of slow moving, but very, I don't know, just kind of heartfelt. And yeah. it's lovely. And basically, he's on this dig and he they discover a, a Viking boat. It's based on a true story. It was down in, I think, Sussex. Oh. Um, as I say, in the 30s. So, that was, yeah, that was a lovely little film that I watched. Another film I've watched this week is Valentine's Day, because um, obviously that's that's um, been on this week, hasn't it? Valentine's Day. Not that we celebrate it greatly. In fact, it was quite funny because I think I'm actually I've married very well. My husband is pretty amazing, I have to say. However, he Aww. did say to me this year, "Should we not bother with Valentine Valentine's Day this year? It's a real fag going to Sainsbury's, choosing a card, <laughs> the flowers." These are his words. I have you not. So I said, how romantic. So that was that. So of course, the following morning, there was a gift and card. And I could have bloody killed him. So what I did was... So you hadn't. I rooted out a card from under the stairs that must have been 20 years old. That had not been used. And I found a blue ribbon um, biscuit in the basket. And I glued that to it. And that's what he got. So that'll teach him to tell me that well, tell him to say that. Yeah, anyway, so there it's you his go. own fault. But anyway, the Valentine's Day film I absolutely love. I mean, it's a bit pants, it's a bit sickly, but I watched it with my daughter and it really was a lovely film. And there's one guy in there that I absolutely love to bits. And there's always someone where you think, yeah, I'd leave my husband for him. So <laughs> for all our listeners out there, you know, you've got a lasagna in the oven, a bath running, uh, you, you, the irons on, but somebody knocks on your door and it's that man, that celebrity of your dreams. Who would it be that you would leave everything for? Oh, crack. Well, you see, I have a little bit of a strange passion I do because he's not that well-known celebrity and he's not really kind of a film guy, but he does. he's the guy who Your does neighbor. the host. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not, though. No. <laughs> um, there is a guy that does Coast. You know, he presents Coast. He's called Neil Oliver. No, oh, I don't know him. Google Neil Oliver. He's, got, he's Scottish. He's got long, really long, dark hair. But he's just got the most beautiful accent. That's terrible. That's ah. a terrible Scottish accent. But oh, Well, yeah. mine is Bradley Cooper. Okay. Bradley Cooper, <laughs> you don't know who he is, do you? Helen, you're shocking. Finish with films. gorgeous. I've had to blinky look at watch films for the last few weeks just so we can come on this podcast. Yeah, so he's the one guy that if everything was going on and I really was not in a position to leave the house, it, it could burn down. But Bradley Cooper knocked on my door. I really would think. You see, you've got a picture of him. Yeah. For our listeners, Hed- Helen is nodding and taking deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> if he knocked on he's my door, I'd down for five minutes. Well, that that picture of him is a bit like Robin Williams, isn't it? Nothing like him at all. Absolutely nothing like Robin. Not that one so much, but... (laughs) There you go. Okay, then. So let's move on then. So what's the latest in the COVID-19 and vaccinations and everything? You know, I've been volunteering. I absolutely love it. You have? Do you know, I've done it. I think last Friday was Friday. The last time I did it was last Friday afternoon, but it really is good fun. But it's been so cold, hasn't it? So we're in um, sort of Nantwich, Cheshire, and it was minus five when I woke up last Friday morning. And of course, with the sun shining, it wasn't too bad. But as the day went on, it was freezing. It uh, was so we Arctic. Were all like snowmen. Did Did you see though? It wasn't just minus five. It was minus five, but it feels more like yes, not exactly. minus nine because yeah. the wind. So even though it, it was, it, the temperature rose throughout the day to maybe minus one <laughs> yeah, zero. 
um, still it cold. still felt like minus five, yeah, because oh, it was, so, it was so, so cold. But it was really good fun, really good spirit. So, you know, everyone that runs the show, it's so well organised, you know, it's all the route and it's in one way, out the other way. It's literally, you know, one one a minute. You know what I mean? It's and what are quick. you doing? What's your job? All sorts of things. You, you either do car park duty or you're um, supervising inside to make sure people know where they're going. They do the temperature checks. Uh, and then after they've had the injection, if they're driving, they have to wait for 10 or 15 minutes. So you're making sure people are waiting and everything's okay and there's no side effects. Or anything. So it's really interesting. Absolutely. It sounds it. Really, really good. Mm. So we hope, well, this made me laugh, though, because there's always something about the vaccinations on the news. Oh, the visor's no good or AstraZeneca's no good, blah, 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 whatever they're saying. But I came across a post the other day and it really caught my eye. And it's about the the visor um, vaccination, and it says, "Visor make Viagra." Surely, if this drug raises the dead, it can save the living. <laughs> and did you know? Apparently, uh, Visor, when they first sold Viagra, they sold they they made four hundred million dollars in three months. Which Good grief! Show doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Doesn't it? Um, wow. Yeah. All these men that are thinking about sex, they obviously need something to help them on the way. It. Yeah, it's keeping, the, keeping them in, you know, keeping them going, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, and school's hopefully returning by the 8th of March, hopefully. So you've got to... Apparently so. He's at sixth form, isn't he? Is he gagging yes. to get back to school? Is he quite happy at home? Um, I think he's probably quite happy. Do you know what? I've not really talked to him about it because yeah. he's quite studious and he just gets on with it. He's pretty good like that. Yeah. Um. So... I would imagine he's quite content doing what he's doing, really. Yeah. It's, it yeah, saves the hassle almost. Yeah, I think my eldest is really keen to get back now because they're getting kind of office for university and that now because they're similar age, That's aren't it. they? Um, yeah. Obviously, grades permitting. But I think my daughter, she's quite happy working from home. But, um, yeah, my son is really quite keen to get back, I think, now. So hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm hoping they really do get back by the 8th of yeah, March. Yeah, yeah. They are going to ease restrictions, aren't they, in the next, you know... Well, week we hope so, don't we? They're talking about pubs opening, aren't they, in... Um, is it next month or the same? I think March? it's the first week in April, was it, for pubs? April, was it, what yeah. Saying, though? What 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 are their rules and regulations going to be when they open? Can you remember? That was it, yes. it was. A, they were planning to allow beer garden service from April, but the problem is the, the trade body, the, um, the B, BBPA, which is the... British Beer and Pub Association, they said that many pubs can't actually use their outdoor areas uh, if right. there are still restrictions on indoor movement because often oh. they've got to go through the pub to get to the back of the, yes, the pub to get to the garden. Yeah. Um, and so they reckon that 60% of pubs don't actually have a big enough garden or outdoor area. Something like, I think it was 29,000 pubs don't it's have that really facility. Shocking, isn't it? And it we is. need those to be up and running again when things lift that's what that's going to be our go-to isn't it exactly oh, for god's sake totally and what about the quarantine people compa complaining about quarantine that annoyed me this week yeah definitely i mean one program i i'm i can't bear to watch anymore is the i'm not criticizing any of the presenters but we all know pierce morgan we know what he's like um but he seems all the other presenters seem to be following suit and it's annoying where they're asking a question to the, you know, to uh, the MPs or whoever they're speaking to regarding the whole pandemic, and they're always quick to criticise. They're not allowing them to answer the question, trying to make them look really silly, and it really upsets me. I'm always switching over, yeah. and that's always my go-to program. I love it, but I find that they're all trying to 
fall asleep and be mm. like emulate this. yeah no i know way. i agree and i think he's such a disrespectful man i really do i don't like him i think he's rude i think he's uh, uncompromising he doesn't actually let anybody speak <clears throat> and like you say other people are following suit now and that's yeah. it's it's ridiculous yeah. it's not the way to be and i really do especially um there's two on this week that replacing obviously um pierce and Susanna because obviously it's holiday it's half term isn't it mm. but i i watch it think oh lovely i can watch it it's relaxed it's fun but i did think today oh mm. not you two as well you know it's just really yeah i've not seen know. it this week i'm just yeah i'm not i'm not interested in watching it because of that really because it just annoys me yeah well for me you see when it's half term i have kind of a slower week because I just find that I'm downstairs a bit more in the morning if Maggie's up. Or I just do. It's a slower week for me. So when the, yeah, when the kids yeah. are really back at school, I can really get going. But when it's half term, it's a bit more difficult because I'm, I'm yeah, on bike yeah. rides and all sorts. I'm going to one again today. So I kind of have to I change saw my that. hours. I know. Yeah. Yeah. How lovely though. So, okay then. So we're still in lockdown. I know things are going to be lifted. Uh, but while we're in lockdown, what's been your go-to food and drink over lockdown? Do you, what, what are you eating more of and drinking more of? Well, that was that interesting because um, I think, well, drink certainly. I've knocked the booze pretty much on the head. I mean, I do have perhaps a couple of glasses that weekend, but yeah. I've gone from drinking practically every day to just having a couple at the weekend now. Yeah. Um, and what I've really majored on is tea. I've drunk so, I mean, I've always drunk quite a lot of tea anyway. I've always been a bit of a, a tea belly, as they say. Yeah. But um, I've been drinking tea and I've actually gone to decaf, which I don't like, I have to say. But this is my mug. I shall show it to you now. That's a pint. It's a big mug. Let's go cold. <laughs> no, I, I drink it pretty quickly. And there's always a microwave, isn't there? Do you know, it's funny because anybody that knows me and one of my friends, hi Fiona, she might be listening. It's a pet hate of mine. Any hot drinks have to be burn your gob hot. off hot. Yeah, really? and I'm known to be sending, I always send it back in a coffee shop because it's never hot enough. And they have a temperature. You're that person. I am that person that you'll think, oh, God, not again. But I can't drink it. It gives me, it makes me burp if it's cold. I can't drink it. I've never heard that one before. Well, I think if, if I treat myself to maybe a flat white, it's quite milky. And when it's cold or lukewarm, it's disgusting. So it has yeah. to be, it has to be burn your gob off hot for me to drink it. <laughs> That's hilarious. There, that would go cold within two seconds. No good for me. No good for me whatsoever. Well, do you know, I think it's because it's a tall mug and it's quite thin. So I've got a bigger one that is also a pint, but it's very wide and that does go cold. But this is actually quite good. It retains the heat. Oh, and it's great for if it's Lovely. cold day. <laughs> your thermal mug. Yeah. So what about food-wise then? What do you think you're eating more? Is there anything in particular that you've kind of started cooking more and you think, oh, yeah. You know, you've made more of an effort in the kitchen as such. I think n nothing particularly that I've gone to as in, you know, the same food. But what I have been doing is sharing some recipes. So I have got a friend in Australia. Lovely. And they've been sending me some really kangaroo nice stew. recipes. <laughs> what was that? Kangaroo stew. <laughs> Koala burger. Yeah, <laughs> that was the most terrible accent. Please cut that out. <laughs> So I've been trying some really, really nice things, some really unusual things. And ironically, um, a couple of things that um, they've sent me is an omelette, which is an English omelette, which is actually named after somebody who comes from Stoke-on-Trent. That's called Omelette Arnold Bennett. I don't know if you've ever eaten that, but that is delicious. So it's got fish in it and um, 
What else has it got in it? Something else, can't remember, but it's beautiful. Oh, really, okay. really nice. Oh, I know, a bechamel sauce, which is a bit weird, but yeah, it's it lovely. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Um, and uh, tea which is apparently an Irish dish. It's a bit of a, like a potato cake with smoked salmon and a horseradish cream. Oh, my good night. So I think I made that one week. I made that three times because it was so good. Okay. <laughs> and then um, Korean beef bibimbap. Ooh, don't ask Korean. me. I don't know, but that was pretty creative. good as well. And kick-ass chicken, which apparently is a... Um, which is an American dish. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Australian dish. It's an Australian dish. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've been cooking all these different things and adding them to my little repertoire. Mm. What about you? I have a range cooker, and over lockdown, it started to pack in. Oh, no. Only one part of the grill works, one oven's packed in completely, all the hub works, but it's, it's kind of taking the passion out of cooking for me. Because no a cake in one side or, you know, potatoes in the other and a, a mix and match and it'd be brilliant. I could use all the ovens and it'd be, all be going on. But it's kind of taking that passion away from me. I bet. I'm, oh, I can't get in the oven. So my th I'm looking for a new oven. That's what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> um, but we've been doing more baking because I, I used to sell my cakes to a coffee shop years ago. Really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been into Starbucks because they sell a very similar coconut cake. And I, I've been making mine for about 28 years. And when my friend, one of my flying friends used to come to my house before kids, when we were really taking off on our flying careers as cabin crew, um, she'd always say, right, I'm coming to yours. Can you make me a cake and a cheese and onion pie? They were my two things. Brilliant. And uh, my coconut cake is very similar to that that Starbucks sell. And I used to sell it in a coffee shop. So I use a similar recipe and I make a banana cake and a chocolate cake as well. So now my daughter knows how to make it. It's brilliant because I can say, oh, oh man, let's go make a cake, would you? And it's brilliant because <laughs> she loves it. So we, yeah, so we've been doing a lot more baking. I'm baking some bread and um, some scones or scones, scones. Scones. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, all the sweets, yeah. all the sweet things, though. All the sweet the things. things. The things and I'm savory. normally savoury, to be fair. I am normally savoury. Um, but yes, I've been doing a lot more, lot more baking. So um, you also mentioned briefly, tell us about Robbie Williams and his wife, Ayla. What are they? Oh, like? yes. Yeah, a Ayla, Ada, I think it yeah, is. Ada, that's so, Ada, sorry, yeah. So yeah, they've um, they've apparently so the good old well I was going to say the good old Stoke boy the bad boy from Stoke um, always had a bit of a crush on, on a mum crush because he's a bit younger than me but I've always had a bit of a crush on Robbie, um, but yeah he's moved to Switzerland apparently he's living wow. in a chalet with his four little kitty winks, um, and Bo the youngest one was born by a surrogate by a surrogate really? a year ago yeah so that was um, he's just celebrated his first birthday the little boy. And there's pictures of them uh, in the news with them being in this house in in Switzerland. They're in Lake Geneva, Lovely. and oh, Robbie and though. Ada. Yeah, gorgeous. And oh. I've swum in that lake actually. Like, wow. I don't know if it's claimed to fame, been, but... I've not been to uh, Geneva, but the, a company I used to work for, their head office was based there. And just after I left, my role travelled quite frequently to Geneva. So I'm Damn. out. I know. Oh. Um, I love Switzerland. But yeah, it's somewhere. It's on my to-do list. I've not been not been there yet. But yeah. what was the reason for Ada having a surrogate? Was there a reason behind that? Or I vaguely remember that I did read about it at the time. I don't think she could conceive again. They were trying for another oh. baby and couldn't conceive. But there's yeah. a picture actually of her saying to him that she wanted a fifth baby, and he's just looking as if to say, <laughs> "I don't think so." Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, brilliant. So just quickly before we go then, so can you share what you think for you has been a positive that you'll take from lockdown? I think my meditation and my yoga, actually. I've started yoga as well and just obsessed with it. Absolutely obsessed. Lots of people are meditating and I'm too busy. I can't switch. I'm one of those that's thinking all those things. I can't switch off to meditate. I've tried. It'll last about three seconds. Try a small one, seriously. If you just go on YouTube, what I do is I, I use the same one for a few days and I get a bit fed up a bit, so I'll try another one. And if you go on YouTube and just Google like a five minute morning meditation, so it literally just sets you up for the day and it makes you think about uh, being calm and you're breathing and and then a five minute yoga. I've got a 10 minute yoga stretch in the morning and then I do the same in the evening. I don't always manage to do it in the evening, um, but yeah, I do some. Um, oh, sorry. And then the, in the morning as well, the mantras. So I do the meditation, the, mantra, the yoga, the mantras yeah, in the morning. And then in the evening, I do um, a little bit of meditation, a little, little bit of yoga before bed. And it's just stretching. And it's especially, you know, we're sat at desks, aren't we, all day long? And yeah, yeah. Don't really move. And it's stretching the neck out and the arms and the shoulders. And, you know, just getting yourself moving a little bit, really. It's lovely. It's yeah. really nice. Brilliant. And what's the worst part? Give us a, a negative that's been a real bugbear for you and you never want to come across it again. <laughs> um well, apart from the Royal Mail losing my parcels on a frequent oh, basis, no. oh, I'm really annoyed. Sent something to Australia, first uh, of February, and it's still not got there. And the one time I didn't get a certificate of posting, in fact, I normally send it courier to Australia, but um, so I'm a bit annoyed about that. Two books um, gone missing, and then I sent some stuff internally as well, stuff I've sold on eBay, and they've gone missing as well. So it's just annoying. Yeah. So apart from that, um, I would say not seeing anyone and not going out. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, isn't it? That's what I think the negative side is. Yeah. It's been really difficult thinking, oh, I've had a hard day when I get dressed up, put my lippy on with no mask that can ruin it, put my heels oh, on yes. and let's go out and have a little bit of a dance. And really, you kind of dance away all the stress. I really do miss that. I just totally. miss a laugh with the girls, even though we're doing it in an alternative way. It's not the yeah. same, is it? It's not it the isn't. same as being all together and having a hog yeah. and a drink. It's just brilliant. It's really That's it. And like you say, getting dressed, I actually miss getting dressed up. Yeah, I do. I quite like that element of going out. I hadn't realised until I don't do it anymore. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, for a while it was great, wasn't it? Not having to make an effort and yeah. make up on. And then, yeah, I really do miss that. I really do miss that. So, oh, Helen, as usual, it's been fantastic talking to you. Um, and hopefully we'll do it again next month. We'll try and do it once a month. I will look forward to it. I can't wait till we can do it in person. You can give me some of your Definitely. lovely Definitely, yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. I'm going to have to hire, oh, a, I'm gonna have to hire a, a studio before long, aren't I? Otherwise, people are going to be coming in my spare bedroom. They're going to wonder where I'm taking them. <laughs> Get one of those men that's always thinking about sex. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, well, take care, Helen. I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me, Karen. Take care. You've been listening to An Appetite for Life, sponsored by Daybank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. If you are interested in any of my packages or wish to be a guest on this show, then you can contact me via my social media pages, Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send an email to Karen Kelly at btinternet.com.